Welcome into 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we're going to preview the San Francisco 49ers against the New Orleans Saints. But first, I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully you had all the turkey, the ham, the turduckins, whatever you like to enjoy on Thanksgiving. I hope you're with family, with friends, whoever you enjoy the holiday with. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And I hope we have a great Sunday between the San Francisco 49ers and the New Orleans Saints. And if you want to go to this game, I want to let you know you can use that promo code 49ERSACCESS, 49ERSACCESS. Save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. But without further ado, let's dive into this game and discuss what could cause San Francisco some problems, where they might falter, but more importantly, where they can come out the victor. So, San Francisco comes into this game 6-5, and five, currently still the number 3 seed in the NFC and still first place in the NFC West. And the Saints come in 4-7. and seven. They have won two of their last four games, so 500 in their last four games. Their last win came against the Rams, who didn't have Matthew Stafford for the second half of the game. But I think to start off this podcast and to dive into these teams, we have to start with the New Orleans Saints because we know where San Francisco has been this year, and we also know where they currently are. The offense has picked up ever since acquiring Christian McCaffrey. They're 3-1 since acquiring CMC. The first game, their first loss of the last four games was against the Kansas City Chiefs where McCaffrey played just one half in limited reps. Since then, 3-0, averaging 28.5 points per game, almost 400 yards per game at 396.5, and and on third downs, 55%. So, San Francisco is rolling. The Saints are, despite being 4-7, kind of middling out. They had a rough first start. They benched Jameis Winston earlier in the year. Andy Dalton is now the quarterback. It's funny because... Andy Dalton was the guy that Kyle Shanahan wanted to bring in to back up Trey Lance last year in the hopes they could trade Jimmy Garoppolo. So it kind of all comes full circle. Andy Dalton against Jimmy Garoppolo. Niners versus Saints. Both teams kind of in opposite trajectories. The Saints trying to stay alive. San Francisco trying to go on their second half run. Eric Armstead will not play on Sunday against the Saints. So again, no Armstead. Once again, the running game might be a factor for New Orleans, but we'll dive into that in a few seconds. For the Saints, they have a handful of injuries as well. The offensive line is banged up. Ramchek and Andres Pete may or may not play. That could be a huge factor in this game for the Niners' defensive line. And for the Saints' defense, Cameron Jordan, limited in practice. Marcus Davenport, limited in practice. Two guys who are some of the top premier edge rushers in the NFL, and of course, arguably one of, if not their best defensive player outside of DeMario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore might return off of IR this week. Something to keep an eye out for, may or may not, but still, if they can get their number one cornerback back this Sunday against the Niners, that could be a big factor in this game. So without further ado, let's dive into the Saints and San Francisco 49ers. And let's start with the Saints offense. If I would have told you an Andy Dalton-led offense scared me, what would you think? 
You probably ask, is it 2010? <laughs> is he on the Bengals still? And let me explain, because the Saints, despite ranking number 10 in the NFL in total offense, they do have some cracks, but they also do have some sneaky weapons that have come up big for them recently. So they rank 10 or 10th in the NFL in total offense. Now in DVOA, which is a more analytically driven approach to the offense, 23rd. So kind of a mixed bag. Total offense, top 10. DVOA, a more, again, deep dive into the offense using stats and analytics towards the bottom of the NFL. So again, mixed bag in the middle of the pack if you average those two things out. But they still have guys like Alvin Kamara, who is one of the best running backs weapons in football. He is essentially their Christian McCaffrey. They want to get him the ball 20 plus times a game, 15 plus times a game in the running game and in the passing game. We know what Kamara can do. He will gash you whenever he can. He's elusive. He is, again, one of the best offensive weapons in football. Uh, one of the biggest things was when he was drafted, I believe in 2017, it was the Niners could have had Alvin Kamara. <laughs> why did you not pick Alvin Kamara? And now we know why that, you know, Kamara has been one of the best weapons in the NFL. Now San Francisco essentially, not to say has their Alvin Kamara, but they have Christian McCaffrey who can do many things, if not better than what Kamara has been able to do. But on the passing game, outside of the screens and dump-offs like Kamara is good for, Chris Olave, uh, he has been one of the best rookies, if not the best rookie receiver in football this year. He has 51 receptions, first among rookies. He ranks 10th in the NFL, the entire league, in receiving yards, 760. He's averaging 76 yards per game, first among rookies, and has three touchdowns. So... Despite not having Michael Thomas. And you also add in Jarvis Landry, who's a vet who I think many fans wanted San Francisco to add a few years back when he was deciding between Cleveland and the, or, or, or when, we, when he was traded from the Dolphins to the Browns. And even this year, with the unknown of Brandon Ayuk, or in the return of is Jawan Jennings going to be that number three guy, many fans wanted San Francisco to acquire or sign. Jarvis Landry, he's now in New Orleans. So you give the Saints, or Andy Dalton, Alvin Kamara, the best rookie receiver in football this season, and a guy who looks like he's going to be a, a, the new number one in New Orleans in Chris Olave. You also give him Jarvis Landry, who is one of the best slant route runners in football. And despite not having Michael Thomas, they are a vertically... Or, or they excel at a vertical passing offense. They want to pass the football. Then you add in guys like Jawan Johnson, who kind of came out of nowhere. He has three touchdowns in his last three games. He's averaging one touchdown per game. Now, albeit, it is against the Rams, Steelers, and Ravens. None of those teams kind of really proving to be much this year, despite Lamar Jackson actually being in the MVP conversation earlier in the season. They've kind of tethered off. And the Steelers have Kenny Pickett with, you know, we know the small hands, two gloves, and the Rams are playing their third string starting quarterback again this week, and they played them last week as well. So there are reasons to look at the offense and say, well, who have they played? Well, unfortunately, that to me really doesn't matter because who did the Falcons play? Who did the Broncos play? 
This Niners team, I know it's a different team now than it was back then earlier in the season, but the Saints should not be taken lightly, at least offensively. Now, with that said, I do think just like the Cardinals game, albeit pretty different. So last week I said San Francisco, if they got up early against the Cardinals, if Kyler Murray did indeed play, and I think that kind of rung true despite Murray not even playing, that you can rattle that offense. They were in their own head. They're kind of spiraling down in the rankings, in the records, and I do think mentally the Cardinals have kind of quit on the season. The Saints, despite not the, never quitting, they have Andy Dalton, a veteran-led team. They know what they want to do. They have a head coach who's been around forever and Dennis Allen. He plays defensive-minded football. They want to attack the quarterback, limit the opposing offense, and also pass the football. Like, they want to play really a an, an old style of football. And the Niners' defense, they kind of want to do the same thing. And what sticks out to me is the last three games for San Francisco, in the second half alone, they've allowed zero total points, three straight shutouts in the second half. Opponents are averaging five first downs in the last three second halves. So in six quarters, third quarter, fourth quarter, the last three games, opponents are averaging just five first downs. They're averaging 98.7 yards and 3.7 yards per play. Opponents have converted 26.7%, if you want to round up, 27% on third and fourth down. I mean, San Francisco's defense is essentially pitching a shutout. I mean, they literally are. But I mean, with yards included and on third and fourth downs, they are putting the hammer down on opposing offenses. This is where I do get nervous for San Francisco's defense, though, is that just like the Cardinals, I do think you can get up early against the Saints. I do think that if you get up early in this game, you are going to have the Saints ask Andy Dalton to bring them back, which the Saints have shown really no hesitation to do so. They've played behind in almost every single game they've been in, and in the second half for the Saints this year, they've they've been averaging 12.8 points in the second half alone. That's third in football. On the road this year, they're averaging 14.4 points, so essentially two touchdowns in the second half. Now, where has San Francisco struggled? Now, again, you have to ask yourself, which Niners team do you believe this team is? Are they pre-Christian McCaffrey? Are they post-Christian McCaffrey trade, or are they somewhere in the middle? Do you think they'll regress in certain areas, like maybe Jimmy Garoppolo? Do you think they'll be able to establish the run against this Saints defense, which is where Kyle Shanahan seems to be leading this team towards? Because if you look at the last couple games, they've been averaging over 120 yards on the ground, and the Saints defense, that might be their weakness. So, I'll ask you, we've seen this Niners team. They've been able to score early. Their issues earlier in the year was, can they score late? And recently it's, they're not scoring early, but they are scoring late. So if San Francisco, coming off of one of their most complete games, dominating performances of the season, can they continue 
that progress. Or, off of this emotional win, emotional high, coming back from Mexico City a little late, Mooney Ward talked about on KMBR how, like, we got lost in Mexico City. Like, we didn't know where, there was buses going everywhere. We had no idea where we were going, taking U-turns left and right. Like, we had no idea how to get out of the of, of the country. And so, maybe that does play a factor of get your body right out of the high elevation back in Santa Clara. Is this enough time for San Francisco to reacclimate themselves to California compared to Mexico City, where they spent essentially two weeks practicing in high altitude. Remember, they were in Denver, then Mexico City for essentially two whole weeks. Now back in Santa Clara, have their bodies reacclimated? I would like to think so. And even if they don't, this seems like a game where if they start out slow, which I am fully expecting them to do, this might be a dogfight because the Saints are not going to give up. They're going to play composed football. They're going to play because they're veteran-led, they have, again, a veteran head coach who knows what he's doing. Like, Dennis Allen coached the Raiders, I believe, at 25, 26 years old. He was very young when he coached the Raiders. And now he's coaching one of the best defenses in football and has for a while in New Orleans. And this team has the culture Sean Payton established. They're never going to give up. Despite maybe not having the most talent, they're going to keep grinding until that clock says zero. So... This game, in my opinion, is going to come down to San Francisco's defense continuing to have success in the second half, which I do think they can have. But because the Saints have been one of the best second or one of the best second half scoring offenses in football, to me, this does lead to a close game down the stretch where San Francisco's defense is going to, again, have to make a big play. But you can erase all of that. That can mean nothing if San Francisco comes out and punches the Saints in the mouth. It's all about, in every game, doesn't matter who you're playing, it did, like, well, I'll take that back. If you're playing the Jets, if you're playing maybe the Raiders, they're like the Broncos, now who we know who they are, you can take some teams relatively lightly, or you can, you know, start off slow and make a big comeback late. Against the Saints, you can't do that. You cannot take them lightly. They are, again, they are going to remain in the game the entirety of the, the game. Like They're never going to give a minute away, a play away to you. Now, for San Francisco's offense, this is where things get tricky. Because despite me being a little worried of the resiliency of the Saints as a whole and the way their offense has shown that they can score quick, and they're going to be able to, again keep themselves in the game, the Saints' defense has been, let me say, kind of a mirage this year for them. Now, in certain areas like red zone and third down, they've been great. But if you're asking me, and I'll even ask you, what has Kyle Shanahan been known to do in the past? Again, he may not want to run it 45 times a game, but... He's gonna want to. He's gonna want to establish the run early. Use play action. Let Jimmy Garoppolo get comfortable in the game. Let his new weapons, CMC, Debo, now Elijah Mitchell, back in the fray. And I think we saw it last game against the Cardinals. He wants to gash you early with Christian McCaffrey, and then kill you late with Elijah Mitchell. He wants to run you down, make you tired, exhausted with McCaffrey having to chase that speed left and right. 
who's going to be in which position. We can't stop all these guys. And then late in the game, hey, Elijah Mitchell, be my bulldozing in between the tackles running back. Give me five yards of carry and take, you know, chunks of clock uh, or chunks of time off the clock. That's what he did against the Cardinals. And I would think he wants to do that again against the Saints this week. And the great thing is, is that despite being ranked 12th in football in total defense, the Saints this year are allowing 24.3 points per game. That ranks 8th worst, not best, worst in the NFL. Now, against the pass, they're a lot better. They're allowing 195.2 yards. That ranks 7th best in football. I do not think San Francisco, especially if Davenport plays, Jordan plays, and if Marshawn Lattimore returns, I do think that's where things might get tricky despite how good Jimmy G's playing. But it's the rushing attack where I do think San Francisco will always have, but especially in this game, will have a very successful outing on Sunday. So the Saints are allowing 132 yards per game on the ground. That ranks 23rd in football. That's 10th worst in the NFL. San Francisco in the last three games, that is Rams, Chargers, and the Cardinals, they're averaging 142 yards on the ground. Again, San Francisco, despite passing the ball more, despite Garoppolo being more efficient, this is a game where Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, like this is their game. This is a game where Kyle Shanahan can say, let's hunker down, let's play a smash-mouth style of football, control that clock, and let's not even open the door for potentially Garoppolo giving the game away, despite how good he's been playing recently. Let's not allow the Saints to touch the football. Again, how do you keep a team out of the end zone? You do not let them touch the football. You gash them early with McCaffrey, score early, put up 10, 17 points in that first half, 14 points in that first half. Then what you do with the lead... You control the clock, make sure that defense gets exhausted and tired, and you just run it down their throat until they can't stop you with Elijah Mitchell, with Debo Samuel. And despite despite that, it really does seem like that San Francisco is going to need something from Jimmy Garoppolo. And I do think they've gotten a lot of something from him recently. I mean, right now he's playing like a top-ten quarterback, but... To be able to execute that game plan, to, to to be able to run the football consistently, what do you have to do? You have to execute on third downs. And this year, the Saints are allowing 38.7% uh, opponent conversion rate. It's near the top in the NFL. Their defense tightens up on third down. San Francisco, though. They're averaging 46.4% success rate on third down as an offense, 55% with Christian McCaffrey. This is a game where at least the statistics, at least the stats, the analytics, point to San Francisco being able to execute their offense, play in, play out, and on pivotal downs like third down to keep those drives moving. Because look, how many times this year have we seen San Francisco's offense Run play, run play. Now it's third and six. Got to keep that play alive. And early in the game, 
that has been a problem. Now, later in the season, and, and more so recently against the Chargers and the Cardinals, we've seen plenty of third and eights, third and nines, and Garoppolo this year on third and 11 plus has led this offense to the second best conversion rate, 33% in football on third and long. That's why I do think this Niners team is built to win this football game. Despite how good the Saints defense has been on third down, despite how good they've been in the red zone, this game feels like, or, or the Saints feel like an opponent that San Francisco has the edge on in every single aspect of the game. And earlier in the season for San Francisco, one of their biggest issues was, and even against the Chargers, was why can't they get in the red zone or the end zone despite being in the red zone? How many drives against the Chargers started in the red zone and they couldn't score a touchdown? Well, the Saints this year are allowing 48.4% of opponents to score a touchdown. That ranks third best in football once they get into the red zone. The Niners this year, their red zone offense, 57.6%. That ranks right in the middle, 16th in football. This is a game, again, where the Saints defense continues to tighten up. Like, this is why they're 4-7. The defense continues to tighten up. It's kept them alive. Despite Chris Olave, Dalton's been playing relatively good, a 14-7 touchdown-to-interception ratio. Like, he's not been playing like the scrub many fans think he is. Now, he's not top-tier guy, we know that, but he's been playing relatively well, and, I, and I'll explain to you why in a minute, but this, this game, if San Francisco wants to win, they're going to have to, and this is really every game, but especially in this game against this opponent, because they're not going to give up. They tighten up on defense when it matters, and they could be getting healthier in this game with their number one cornerback returning in Marshawn Lattimore. You have to establish the run early, and not just two yards, two yards. You have to get four, five yards of carry. Execute on third downs. I think San Francisco can in this game. And also, you got to put the ball in the end zone. And that's where I think right there, the Saints are going to let you get up to that red zone line, no problem. But if you're San Francisco, it's once you get in there and short field conversions, can you do it? And thankfully, guys like Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk with his amazing route running, I do think San Francisco now has the weapons where maybe in years past they had a few of them. I do think now they can outnumber a defense, despite maybe having you know six guys, seven guys in coverage rushing four, it doesn't matter because you have a quarterback playing with poise and confidence and really has not been afraid to hit his checkdowns, has not been afraid to take a risk, but he's being more accurate. His ratings are higher because guys like Ayuk are getting more open and he has more weapons to throw to with McCaffrey in the fray and Mitchell now in the backfield. I do think San Francisco has the edge in almost every single statistical category in this game. And I do think history, at least this year in the past four or five games, has proven to be in San Francisco's favor. Now, if you want to dive into Andy Dalton for a little bit here, Andy Dalton this year, <laughs> he has, again, he's not been this awful quarterback many fans think he is. But I do think that 
with Dalton, there kind of comes this pushback where he's sacked almost two times per game. The Saints offensive line is banged up. And despite having a 4-7, to seven, so essentially 2-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio, he's thrown five touchdowns and three interceptions in his last three games. He's averaging one turnover a game. It's not like the Saints aren't giving games away. And I think, again, if San Francisco can establish the run early with McCaffrey, be explosive with the offense. And I do think right now, with the way this team is playing, with confidence, with a quarterback who is playing his best football ever, and I mean ever, I do think San Francisco has the ability to score early, get the Saints on their heels, and despite the Saints showing the ability to fight back, to claw their way back into games and stay in games late, if San Francisco can get out early, 17 points, 14 points, whatever it might be, get a lead early, go into the second half with that lead, then play their ground and pound, smash win the mouth, here's Elijah Mitchell 20 times in the second half, I do think that will allow San Francisco to win this game. But, if you want one more reason why I do think San Francisco can and should and like likely will win this game on Sunday against the Saints, is that, yes, Andy Dalton is not afraid to take a risk. He's not afraid to give you the ball back in the Saints this year. They lead the NFL in giveaways. They are giving the other team the ball back. What was one of the biggest plays in that Cardinals game in Mexico City? San Francisco goes down the field, scores a touchdown, Ayuk's first one, then Jimmy Ward gets the pick. That then changes momentum. Okay, San Francisco's up 7-3. to They get the pick. It changes the entire game. They go down, score another touchdown. The Cardinals say, okay, game's over with. Because they know they don't have the firepower. And if you're the, the Saints, despite your resiliency, I do not believe they have the firepower to explosively beat this Niners defense. Now, yes, they have Kamara. They have Alave. But they're not going to score in 30 seconds. They're not going to score in two minutes. This Saints offense doesn't have that capability. Yes, they have Kamara. Yes, they have Alave. And yes, I even hyped up Juwan Johnson. That being said, San Francisco has shown the ability to limit every offense they have played besides the Chiefs, which no one has limited them all year. (laughs) But besides the Chiefs, They've shown the ability to limit what they can do in the second half, even in the Falcons game. That defense tightened up late in the game and was dominant. They didn't score in that second half, or, or, or in the fourth quarter, excuse me. Like the, the Niners' offense at that point let them down. Recently, it's been this full frontal attack of the defense is like, you're not going to score against us in the second half, and the offense is then going to pull away from you. And I do think... Niners get out early, start that pulled away process, second half defense tightens things back up, makes that second half adjustment, it allows the offense to then continue to pull away and pull away, and by that time, it's too late because this Saints offense cannot hold up or cannot keep up with an offense that has Ayuk playing his best football, Debo back in the fray, Mitchell really being one of the more effective uh, up-the-middle running backs in the NFL, McCaffrey being the most explosive safety net in football, like we know that this year, and Kittle finally 
having two huge chunk plays, finding the momentum they need, and you add in the Saints will give you the football, how do you not lean San Francisco? And the beautiful thing is, is that despite San Francisco not being the best team in the league in takeaways, the one thing recently they've been able to do is capitalize on takeaways. And if a team like the Saints are going to give you the football, you must capitalize on those takeaways. Just like they did against the Cardinals, San Francisco must capitalize on a pick, an interception that gets you the ball back in your opponent's territory. The Saints will do that, and they'll do it a lot. The beautiful thing is, and I know many fans are worried about, you know, when's that Jimmy G oh no game going to happen? Many fans are waiting, kind of ready to pounce on him, saying, see, he's not the quarterback he's been. And I understand there's worry there. But the Saints this year, they're ranked second worst in football in takeaways. They're not getting the ball back either. They're a team that is giving it away at the highest rate in the NFL and taking it away at the second worst rate in football. Their turnover differential is minus 12. They are averaging, and I mean, or, or their differential, if you want to give it an average, is almost one takeaway, one giveaway, a game for the offense, whether it's fumble, whether it's pick. I mean, I can go back five games for Dalton. He's thrown six interceptions in his last five games, including a three-pick performance against, yes, the Arizona Cardinals. Like, this Saints team, despite maybe being better than the record shows, they're not as good as I think many fans are pointing them out to be. They've only had two picks all year. Like, I don't think this game is that Jimmy G oh no game where it's, you know, it's where it's 23-24 late in the fourth quarter, and it's like, oh my goodness, how are we losing? They've only gotten seven turnovers all year. And I don't think this Niners team right now is prone to giving the ball away. Yes, earlier in the year, it was fumbles, there were some picks, and the, even the running backs were giving the ball up. I don't think the way this team is playing now, they're playing loose, just not loose with the football. This team is playing like a team ready to make that second half run. And again, the last thing you want to do if you're the Niners is if you lose on Sunday against the Saints, well, the Seahawks are right on your heels. They just, well, they didn't allow it, but you just took first place from them. The one thing they want to do is get first place back. They want to keep you at bay until you play them on the road in Seattle in just a few weeks. Now, the beautiful thing is San Francisco has the ability to extend that lead at least, or keep ahead of them by one game or a tiebreaker game with the win against the Saints. And I, and I do think they win this game. Now, I do think Saints are going to score. That's what they do. They're averaging around 22 points a game. I think they score 20. I do think guys like Kamara and Alave, they're going to hurt San Francisco. I just don't think they're going to hurt them explosively, if that's even a word. <laughs> I don't think that any Dalton... I don't think Andy Dalton's going to, you know, be that Mahomes-style guy. He's not that guy. He's more on. He's more along the lines of, of Matthew Stafford. Like, that's what he's like, and I do think San Francisco has shown the ability to, in the past, especially in the last four seasons, to stop a guy like Matthew Stafford. Like, Dalton is closer to Jared Goff than 
even Matthew Stafford, in my opinion. And so, to me, like, people want to point to the most important position. Well, Jimmy G, to me, has the edge. He's a better quarterback, he's more accurate, and despite Dalton having or commanding the offense better than Jameis Winston, I would arguably be more scared of Jameis Winston because he actually, despite giving the ball away what seems like 30 times a year, he's more explosive. And I do think that's where San Francisco has been hurt in the past, where it's a big chunk play towards the end of the game that gets the opponent back in it. And you're like, good God. Like, it's third down, it's third and 12, put the game away, and then boom, 20 yards later, it's like, well, they had the ball, <laughs> and now we're reeling. And it's like, how do we get back in this game? How do we steal momentum? And I don't think Andy Dalton's a quarterback that can lead an offense to come into an opponent's house and steal momentum. Again, this team lost 20-10 to against the Steelers, 27-13 against the Ravens, and just beat the Rams with their third-string quarterback in that second half. Like, it's not like the Saints are, like, they are an average team at best. They can play up, but more likely than not, they're going to play down to an opponent. And I think San Francisco, if there was a chart, they're on the inverse. They're going the opposite way. And I think San Francisco can, again, end another team's season. Cardinals' year is done. They're done. You watch Hard Knocks, they're done. The Saints this year, despite being more composed, being better and led, we can end their season, push them to 4-8, and eight, effectively telling the Saints, pack it up, you're done, you're not getting back to 500, and you're likely not going to win seven games this season because you're just not good enough. And I think San Francisco right now, like, my mind goes to being the older brother, which it's really annoying, but in this case, if you're San Francisco, you do want to be that annoying older brother that comes in and just knocks over all the, the, the younger brother's Legos, and you're like, ha ha, got, gotcha, gotcha. And that's not good behavior <laughs> by any means of the word, but the Saints have spent all this year trying to build up their team. We're 4-7, and seven. we can fight back the Cardinals. You know, we, we can fight back, we have Kyler, we have Hopkins, and we have Buda Baker and J.J. Watt and Zach Ertz and all these players well, San Francisco last week was the older brother knocking over all the Legos and destroying all the towns they built. San Francisco this week can again be that older brother saying, ha ha, knocking in all the Legos and knocking over this kind of, or the hopes they have to build a playoff run. And I do think San Francisco wins this game 30-20, to 20, a commanding 10-point lead. I just think San Francisco is far and away a better team than the Saints. I mean, far and away. Now, the Saints are going to play it tough. There might be a part in this game where you're like, oh no, oh no, they're coming back. And I do think that's where the defense tightens up and does what they've done all year long. And I think this game might be a two-pick game for Andy Dalton. Like, here. Here's one final stat to kind of push my point home even further, where San Francisco has struggled this year when they lose games is against the run. Now, the Broncos game, excluded here. We know what happened there. Jimmy G 
Bad offensive outing, just was not good. You know, all your plays suck, draw plays suck with every set on the field. Doesn't matter. When they've lost games against the Chiefs and against the Falcons, what has hurt them? The rushing attack of the opponent. Pacheco, uh, Mariota, Algier for the uh, for the Falcons. The Saints have essentially told Andy Dalton, go win us the football game. The last three games, they're averaging 55 yards on the ground. Averaging 55 yards per game on the ground. Despite not having Eric Armstead, if the Saints try to establish the run, they have shown the ability, even with Kamara, they can't do it. They're electing to not even use someone like Kamara in the running game because the offensive line is banged up. They can't create holes for him. They can't create lanes for him. And I'm sorry, you give me Jimmy Ward in the nickel and Hufunga, and you give me Fred Warner having the best year of his career, arguably, and Dre Greenlaw having the best year of his career. I don't think there's going to be many lanes for guys like Kamara to run. And again, that's the Saints saying, here, Andy Dalton, win us a game. And the likelihood that happens, to me, slim to none. So I do think San Francisco wins this game 30-20. to 20. They go to 7-5 and five on the year. Hopefully, at least, extend their lead in the NFC West by one game. But I do think they keep the lead, at least with that tiebreaker over Seattle. They retain that number 3 seed for one more week. And they continue to find their footing, winning four games in a row. And again putting the NFL and the NFC on notice, saying, hey, we're back, and we're not going anywhere. Again, San Francisco has the Saints this Sunday, the Dolphins next Sunday, and the Buccaneers in two Sundays. You got Mike McDaniel, the return of the run game guru with the the Miami 49ers, essentially, coming next Sunday, and Tom Brady versus Jimmy Garoppolo in two Sundays. If you want to go to any of those games... Use promo code 49ERSACCESS, 49ERSACCESS, to save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. Again, 49ERSACCESS, save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. Also, it's the holidays. It's no longer Thanksgiving. All of our eyes are towards Christmas Day or whatever you happen to celebrate during this time of the year. You're going to want to get yourself some Niners gear, and you're going to want to use our Fanatics link down in the description. Support the podcast, save yourselves some money, and also, it's the best place for Niners gear for the faithful. And guess what? If your friend, your partner, whatever you're into, if they're a Saints fan, a Buccaneers fan, a Dolphins fan, you can also use that link to find the best gear for any NFL team on the market and in the league and you can also support the podcast in the meantime you can follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the instagram 49ers underscore access is the twitter don't forget to like share subscribe leave a review happy thanksgiving happy holidays and a merry freaking christmas my name is sterling bennett this has been the 49 access podcast and stay faithful